Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, you guys, I guess our music, we're having a little bit of problem here, so I'm just going to disconnect it all together. Okay, so we want to do the music tonight. That is perfectly okay. Rodney, are you out with us? Yes, I am. I'm here with you. What's up, everybody? Hey, Jamie. Hey, how are you? Life is good. Life is good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm good. A little tired tonight, but to be expected, but I'm good. I don't know what's going on with our music tonight, but I guess that means we just need to keep moving. <laughs> we'll try it at the end. It's not It's not the same without your DJ. <laughs> well, DJ, you need to keep it. <laughs> so, but um, we'll just skip it and we'll play some music for you guys at the end of the show, as we always do as well. But it's always good to kind of start it out, and I thought that song was so appropriate for tonight's topic. But um, here we are, another Monday, um, ready to, to kind of give it a different twist tonight. Uh, see that our phone lines are already filling up. That's a great thing. Uh, we're going to be on Facebook tonight in the event page, so if you guys um, – post on, on our page, Rodney, Amber, our, our special guest as well, and um, we'll just try to keep it going there. I'm going to open up the chat line because I have not did that, so let's do that. I'll Rodney, open it up there. You have? Okay, great. I'm going to open it up on this end as well. Okay, so you guys, tonight what we're going to do is we're going to kind of turn it over. We're going to be, be on tonight as well, but we have some special guests, and they're going to kind of be your host tonight. So We'll be on the line, Rodney and I. We'll share the conversation and share in the conversation as well. So just prepare for a different twist tonight. But before we get started, I want to remind everyone that the chat line is open. For those of you who are registered followers, you may comment or ask your questions there. And Rodney will take good care of you there. I'll be on it as well. But Rodney does the bulk of that, thankfully. And our phone lines are open as well. If you are not registered as a follower and you may be listening on Facebook uh, through your phone, remember you can call in at 818-691-7406. There you can listen, but you can also select the number one. If you have a question or a comment, we'll pull you in live. The way that we will identify your call mm -hmm. is uh, provide the area code that you're calling from 
along with the last four digits of the number that you're calling from. And what we will do there from there is pull you in and give you an opportunity to, uh, let's see, I'm just, um, I guess I'm getting some text about, but we've cut, we've cut the music off, so I'm not sure what you guys are hearing. So if you are still hearing music, I'm getting text that uh, something's going on with the music. We don't hear any on this end, so hopefully there's none going on. But if you do hear it, text me and let me know. I don't know if that just came in as a delayed text or what. But if you're hearing music, let me know, and we'll try to figure out what's going on on the back end. But our phone lines are open. Again, we'll pull you in. Area code and the last four digits of the number that you're calling from, and please be prepared to ask your question, make your comment as quickly and as promptly as possible um, so that for those who are wanting to get in can get in and have the have that ample time as well. So I uh, want to remind you, especially since we probably have new listeners tonight, we want to remind you that we're on every Monday at 8 o'clock Central Standard Time, and we do have um, what we call our Butterfly Evolution Baby uh, what we do is ask people to, and this is in order to promote change or get people to think about what is going on in their lives, things that they have just become accustomed to. And we are just true at heart about change and transformation, self-awareness and self-accountability. And so we ask people for, as an exercise uh, to move a trash can, preferably one that you visit frequently, and what you will, if you're normal, you will find that you're going back to its old location. So you will find yourself going back to where you moved the trash can from. When you do that, allow yourself to just think about what other things you're returning to or staying in because you're comfortable with or has just become a habit. Um, and doing that, hopefully, you will, you will just kind of find out some things about yourself uh, I think people get stuck in fear. They get stuck in routine. And so days change, week change, weeks change, months change. We change. We grow old. We grow better. We grow wiser. And so things should be changing for the better around us, is my opinion. And if you have kids, this is something that you can do with your children, with your spouse. Um, make a chart, put it on the refrigerator. Everyone that returns back to that old location has to jot a number down and the one, of course, with the most uh, number, the highest number, is not the winner. We'll say that because everybody's going to win if you try it. And have discussions about the things that uh, that you need to change. Interesting enough, uh, I found myself, my my good friend, uh, I passed her trash can going to where it used to be. And so it, it allowed me to know that not only am I keeping up with my stuff, I'm keeping up with other people's stuff as well, simple as where their trash can is. So I, I literally passed by her trash can to go where it was to throw my trash away. And that was uh interesting to me. So don't wanna move don't wanna hold you. So Rodney, I think I'm done with, with my part here and anything before we bring our special guest in or host for tonight. Uh, just real quick. Uh, once again, this is Rodney Jordan. Um, I co-host with Tammy every Monday night here on the Butterfly Evolution Show. Uh, before we bring in our special guest, I would like to give a special shout-out uh, to a young man here by the name of Lucky Whitehead in the city of Manassas. He was uh, signed as a free agent by the Dallas Cowboys on Saturday, 
Um, so he will be leaving um, Virginia to go and play with the Cowboys uh, this Thursday. We also had two young men at my alma mater, Norfolk State, who signed uh, NFL deals. Um, and one of them is originally from uh, Norfolk. He grew up in uh, Park Place, where I, where I grew up. And uh, he's actually going to be reunited with his brother, uh, Cam Chancellor, who plays for the Seattle Seahawks. So just some great things happening to some uh, to some young black men uh, that are doing great and positive things. Um, Lucky Whitehead, I know personally, and he's not just a phenomenal athlete, but he's a phenomenal uh, individual, and he's going to uh, be a great uh, person great asset to the Cowboys both on and off the field. So just wanted to give a shout out there. And uh, at this time, we're going to bring in our special guest uh, for the evening. Uh, Amber, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I am doing very well. Thank you. And thank you and Tammy for allowing us to use your platform. And then Jeremy Johnson is also on the call with me. Okay. Hello. Uh, when, oh, do you have him on now? Yes, he just said hello. Say it, Jeremy. Okay. Hey, Jeremy, uh, how hello, you doing? Hello. I'm doing great. How about you? Life is good. Uh, so, Amber, uh, go ahead and take it away. All right. And Tammy and Rodney, feel free to jump in at any point if any of the topics we discuss. Um, tonight or something that tends a nerve or something you want to uh, enlighten us on, feel free. Um, and we once again appreciate you for allowing us to use your platform tonight. Um, I'm going to do a real quick, quick background on what our movement is about. It's called Black America 2.0. And we focus on educating people on how to lift themselves and lift their community. Similar to what Tammy was speaking about, um, we believe that change starts within the individual, and our movement is focused on giving people a vision and a plan to uh, secure a safe and sustainable future for their own personal lives. Um, we have calls every month, every first Monday of the month, and I work with Tammy and Rodney to get this to happen on an online blog setting because we are talking about media, and I felt this avenue was appropriate for this topic. Uh, real quick, we have other topics coming up this year. June, we're talking about employment and blacks in the workplace. July is financial literacy. August is community building, building excuse me, and violence reduction. September is education reform, which is close to Rodney's heart. October um, is understanding politics. November is entrepreneur, um, excuse me, entrepreneurship and black-owned businesses. And then December is healthy families. Um, I know I went through that really quickly, so if you want to go to our website, it's blackamerica2, and that's the number two, dot com, and it tells you a little bit about who we are, what we've been doing this year, and just an overview of our um, grassroots organization. The individual on the call with me tonight is Jeremy Johnson. He's actually a person who works in media. He owns his own uh, media company called John Rich Media. You can go to his website at John, J-O-H-N, Rich, R-I-C-H, Media, M-E-D-I-A, dot com. And then once again, like Tammy spoke about before, you can use the Facebook uh, page that we invited you all on. Um, we also invite you to tweet us on Twitter uh, with the at BlackAmerica2 underscore zero hashtag um, throughout the call. And not the hashtag, but the at BlackAmerica2 underscore zero and then the hashtag BlackoutMedia. 
So, Jeremy, let me go ahead and get started with you. Did you want to say anything before we kick it off? I think you did a wonderful job. I appreciate the opportunity to be up here, and I think it's going to be a great conversation. So before we get started, I just want everyone to know Jeremy and I have a love-hate relationship. So if you get that dynamic on the um, call, that's fine. Uh, that's why I wanted him on this call because I know we do have <laughs> we have opposing views, which is good in a way, and then we also share, share some similar thoughts. So we're not fighting. We are friends in real life, and everything's all good. All right, so, Jeremy, let's start off with the whole media and, and the fact that there are not any black stations or black-owned TV stations left. Um, I know that a lot of corporations have been merging and things of that nature, uh, but what are your thoughts on that fact that we don't have black-owned television anymore? Um, so my initial thoughts are that it is unfortunate um, and because it doesn't give us a vehicle to paint ourselves in a positive light. So you know, typically when the news is on, it's actually pretty disgusting because, you know, all day long, all night long, all you do is see pretty much negative images of African-Americans. Uh, the only positive images you typically get would be, you know, maybe an anchor in a, you know, pretty diverse area like where we mm-hmm. are. But for the most part, it's just going to be athletics, and it really doesn't communicate a, a positive message about who we are in a community or from a global perspective. So, um, I think that's horrible, number one. <clears throat> and number two, um, I'm one of those individuals that feels like I can't really accept excuses. And so as an entrepreneur, you have to always find a way to make things happen. So things can be definitely difficult, but everything is possible. And So, so when you say, I'm going to cut you off real quick, what do you mean so, by wait, make things happen? What does that mean? Things happen is you find a way to make it happen. I mean, if you you set a goal, you look at the terrain, you figure out what the obstacles are, you figure out a plan to get there. It may take a little bit of time, but anything is possible. If you so, have you're saying the right that, tool, so you're uh, saying that even though blacks are portrayed a certain way in media, we still have the responsibility to make things happen? Is that what you're referring to? No, no, no. So what I'm saying is I'm going um, on your point about not owning the TV station. So Got because it. Okay. the ones that were sold off um, by African-Americans who owned them, it's a responsibility for us to go and create those vehicles. Yes, they might not be as glossy and as big dollars as some of these other things, mm-hmm. but it's still our responsibility because if, if we fulfill that need and we have content that we find interesting, we will support it, which can be seen now with the shows like Empire mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, the, the, the you know entertainment that's coming out that's black produced. So, there's a need for it. There's definitely a demand for it, and we will support it. That's what's getting proven right now. And so I, I think with the success of some of these shows, we will start to see um, that void being filled by entrepreneurs and people willing to take the risk because they need to. Okay. So what do you feel about, you know I've lived in Baltimore. I just recently moved, but for the last almost two and a half years since I moved up here. What do you, how do you right. think um, the media portrayed the events in Baltimore? And I'll say right. my opinion after you finish yours. Right. Um, uh, I think it's negative just in general, which I think is stupid and short-sighted. I'll just be frank about it because, okay. I mean, as a country, why do we continue to just make everything so negative? It does nothing to help the economics of an area. So if an area is already struggling, 
why are we going to highlight the negative for the short-term benefit of selling advertisement against it? It doesn't really do anything to help those people who are there. And so all in all, it's like a short-sighted. I mean, you do have to report on the issues. There are going to be different viewpoints on it. But it is the news and the responsibility to try to be a vessel that just shows the story as opposed to trying to color the story. And so I don't know if that was done properly. I, I mean, I wasn't there. I hear a lot of different sides. But at the end of the day, I don't like the negativity that gets put out there. Now, the flip side could be um, I do feel like a lot of the things that people say they do not like, if they didn't, if they weren't supported, they wouldn't exist in the first place, right? So, yeah, uh, you know, so there's some responsibility on the viewer's side to say, you know what, I'm not going to support this because it just doesn't contribute to anything positive. But what about the fact that Baltimore being shown in a pot or negative light, excuse me, got a lot of viewers. And I just want to put the number out there again. Um, if you're interested in commenting or calling in and being heard, please do so. Cause I would like to hear what people who did, who do not live in Baltimore have to say about what they saw over the media and how it made them feel. But the media does that to get attention. Um, and the fact that Baltimore had been protesting prior to that, and then all of a sudden the media came in when there were some issues that were getting a little more fiery. As a media person and as a person who owns a business, how do you, how do you balance both of those? How do you get the readership or the viewers while also displaying the stories that you know people are not going to watch? People wanted to see the riots. To be honest, people wanted to see um, the fires, not to say myself, but a lot of people wanted to see those things, and that was shown through the viewership that happened on those uh, platforms. So how do you balance both of those? Well, I think it's easy to balance because the news media is operating in an old model. Let's look at sources like Vice Media. They're one of my favorite uh, media companies. Uh, they work a billion dollars, and oftentimes they go in and tell the side of the story that's untold. And so they just have a live stream of the raw footage going on across and so I feel like it's possible to do both. You can show opposing viewpoints, but I think people need to be armed with different viewpoints to form in it to, to create a formed opinion about things. And so Vice is doing well. They're probably doing better than, you know, the majority of network stations because they're operating in the new mm-hmm. paradigm that news needs to be reported in. Reported mm-hmm. And a lot of these older stations are operating in an outdated model on the small side of the story. So that's my answer. Vice is doing a great job. Someone tweeted me on Twitter and said, is ownership the matter or the voice and hunger for program options? I asked her to clarify. Do you know what? I'm not sure if I understood what the question was. I will always say ownership is the problem because if we own it, then we have the greater control. And so we live in a capitalist society. Um, personally, I think capitalism is great. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. I think for people, we don't utilize it the way that it should be utilized. And so if you own the vehicle, you get to make the rules. And so that's just my viewpoint on it. So going back to what you just said, capitalism, you believe in capitalism. Yep. It, is the media not using a form of capitalism by meeting a need and going to where the demand is? even if it's negative? Sure. Um, I think that's to be determined. I think with different generations, different generations desire different things. And so I think they may be meeting the need of a lot of 
um, people who may be over 40 who were used to less choices. And in that environment, they could kind of sway things the way they would like. Um, but in a new environment of the Internet where there's just an infinite amount of choices, I think, and I, I used to look at newspaper readership and things like that, I think that there, we are seeing, I think capitalism is solving the problem of saying, hey, there's a variety of options and people will get to choose what they really want to see. And like I said, I mean, I'm going to keep going back to Vice. They're clearly winning, and they have a more um, holistic approach to how they deliver their news. So talk to us a little bit about what what is their holistic approach, though. And if ever and uh, they're right now, they're the minority in in media. Right, they're the minority. But the thing is, <laughs> when you uh, have a, a stock market value of a billion dollars, you start <laughs> to change everybody else's perspective because uh, you know these other news networks are getting bought up. You know, Vice is getting yeah, everybody are. trying to invest in them. So. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's just a matter of time. But the other thing that's going to happen is with ad rates. I mean, as more viewers move online, well, you know, you're not making as much money off your TV ads. And so then you have to look to online to make your money and where you before could kind of operate in an, let's call it, entitled environment where you you had a big thing captured audience. Now, you know, online goes to more of a niche market segment you have to really work to, with all these options, you really have to work to have, um, you know, you have to keep, to keep the viewership. You really have to work and deliver quality content. And so and, and my theory is that we're going to see a real compression in a lot of local TV stations in the next five years because of streaming media, you know, the Netflix, suffocation and Hulu application of TV and people just knowing that they have choice and then mobile devices, they're going to really start to feel it. I just think we're in that transitionary period where it hasn't really been realized yet. And I think that's good for everybody because then if, you know, the cream of the crop will rise to the top and, you know, everyone will have to compete. And that's a good thing. When businesses have to compete for your attention by giving holistic content, I think mm-hmm. everybody wins. But the hey, problem is right now they're This is Tammy, I have a question for you, just just out of curiosity and I guess Jeremy, this is probably for you. Do you think that most of the the companies that sold out or sold to the larger companies, do you think they necessarily had to for financial purposes? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. so they they really did have to that was that was they would have died, I guess the business would have died if not. So like Washington, uh, Washington Post, yeah, for example, I think they definitely had to sell out because they looked at the numbers, they see that um, viewership is going down, they look at demographics, they know that younger people aren't buying their newspapers, and so they're trying to find it out. And that's why Gannett is buying up all of these newspapers, Gannett and Warren Buffett. Um, Gannett is doing it because they have a digital strategy, and so if they can you know, buy up all these different news properties but give them a comment back in. Well, they have efficiencies there that, you know, a newspaper or a news outlet wouldn't have to operate in the local market. So I think it's just market pressure. Okay. So you said you think it's market pressure. So how do we, I guess I'm saying, how do we turn the narrative? If I'm at home and I'm watching, like, for example, what happened to me was I was watching a live reporter on the scene um, 
in the first situation in Baltimore when the kids at Mondaman, which is a mall, were basically locked out of the metro, released from mm-hmm. school, and they didn't know what the heck was going on. Um, the police in Baltimore had a uh, quote-unquote credible threat that stated that gang members and that there was a purge occurring, which we find out later was just some Instagram posts that were taken way out of hand. So you see these kids coming out of school. They're locked off the um, the train. They are taken off of buses. They're not able to get home. And then you see them literally in the street, which is common in Baltimore, walking around mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to get home. Most of these kids do not have cars or things like that. But then, literally, I had one screen up of the gentleman who was doing the live um, event, and then I had MSNBC open. And they're talking about how these kids are there to purge gangs and all these other things when that's not how it was. And you see in the live uh, images how the police officers went up on the students. And that narrative was played so many times. And people to this day still believe the individuals on that afternoon rioted and were a part of some type of gang activity when there were so many other things going on that pushed those kids there. And I think I even told you, I saw a police Hummer trying to run kids over in the street from the live video I was viewing. No one ever showed that on the media, and they didn't show and talk about how these kids um, were stuck there, and many of them did not have a way home. So with those two opposing views, what do we do as viewers? Because a lot of times we're not able to see the live view and and the MSNBC and compare them at the same time. We only see that one view, so we take it in and we run with it. Well, so the responsibility goes back on us to say I need to have a diverse mix of news sources. And so for me personally, I don't really like network news uh, like MSNBC, uh, CNN, or Fox, because I feel like they're all entertainment first. They have niche demographics yeah. that are going after. I prefer to listen to Bloomberg, because Bloomberg is business okay. news. And so business news, they have less of an incentive to color the news because it's about making money. And so um, they're going to give you to you more down the middle uh, or, you know, AP Newswire. Um, then I feel like those big three. So, I think you have to do your own homework. I mean, we live in an information age. Everything is available. So if we're not using a diverse mixture of tools to receive information, then we're doing ourselves a disservice. So that's my viewpoint on that. Okay. So I want to talk about some of those alternative medias, but first I want to answer a question on Twitter. Um, They asked, is Nielsen Media still the compass for program statistics? If not, what is the measure? So Nielsen is actually going through a market disruption right now because they can't even properly measure, like, um, what is the term they use, Um, delayed viewing, like on-demand viewing. So they're really getting disrupted, and the way you monitor offline media consumption versus online media consumption is done in different ways. So the expert online is like Comscore. Um, and Nielsen is supposed to be one of the experts offline. But like I said, they're going through a, a major shift in their business because they're trying to catch up. Hey, this is Rodney. Okay. Um, real quick, Amy, if I can jump in. No, go ahead. I, <laughs> um, so he, he, uh, just a couple of things. Number one, um, if you think about every species that we know, think about humans, think about uh, animals in the sea, think about uh, think about dogs, think about cats. 
we only feed people what they eat. You wouldn't feed mm-hmm. humans yeah. dog food. You wouldn't go and feed a dolphin the same thing that you would feed a cat. My point is this. The media feeds us what we eat. So if the media is feeding Agreed. us garbage, that's because we digest garbage mm-hmm. very well. The reason why we didn't get to see the live view, the positive things that may have been happening in Baltimore was because that's not what we want. We actually, as powerful as the media is, and this is going to sound like foreign language, but as powerful as the media is, we actually have more power than the media. We control the media because the media is only going to give us what we want. The media is only going to give us what is going to drive their ratings because their ratings brings in money. And so as we continue to support or to feed off of this garbage or this negativity that the media is giving us, they're going to keep giving us the same exact thing, which leads me to my second uh my second point, and that is as a black male teacher and mm-hmm. an author, I cannot tell you how hard it is for me to get coverage for my book or any other things that I might be doing. It is extremely hard. I have sent out over thirteen hundred emails in regards to my work. Well, wow. uh, maybe maybe about 5% of the people have uh, taken me up on those things. Why? Because in their words, we can't use this right now, or this is bad timing, or we'll call you later if something comes up. And so I'm not, I'm not big enough for them to say, hey, Rodney Jordan said something. So we need to put it out there. And sadly, sadly, it's not just it's not just white America. There are black people, both on a large national platform, some of them even international platforms, that reject me. There are local ones that reject me. So, you know, and, and for me, I feel like that I have a very powerful story. I feel like I have a very inspirational story. The people who know me or take the time to get to know me, they're like, why isn't that? Why isn't it that Oprah has called you? You know, but you know, for me, it besides all of that, it, it is very difficult as an unknown teacher or as an unknown author to get out there because black, white, Hispanic, Asian, not too many people are going to give you an opportunity. Jeremy, I know, has an answer for that. <laughs> Jeremy, you want to jump in? <laughs> All right. So, I'm good, Jeremy. So, as a, as a marketer, right, I'm going to always say, so um, part of where my office is, I'm located in, um, we have a um, startup facility in Norfolk, and I'm one of the mentor companies in there as well. And so, oftentimes, a lot of people coming in, and they tell us about their great startup ideas or their great um, you know, businesses, and the question I always ask everybody first is the concept of product market fit. And so 
I agree that if you try to go with the big boys, they're going to say you're not big enough. But because of the Internet and because of the research methods that are capable, I feel like you can go and say there's a lot of people searching for this on Google. Because Google will give you that information. You can find out the top search queries out there, and you can build your marketing strategy around that. Because that's what BuzzFeed did. They reverse Google searches find out what people ask about, and then they pose it in a question form, and then they use that to generate eyeballs to the content. And so I think while it's more difficult, the tools exist, and we have to use out-of-the-box thinking and critical thinking and say, hmm, if all this data exists, and I know that there's a demand because this is what people are searching for, I just need to be a little bit more savvy in my approach um, by using the technology because technology has killed a lot of science. And there's a lot of people on Instagram and YouTube who do things that their corporations can never do, and they're making a lot of money from it. And so I think we just have to utilize the technology um, in new ways to find our core demographic. Because that's the great thing about the internet now, that there's a niche for everything, and there's a lot of money in every niche. So I think we just have to find that niche, build those advocates around whatever product you're offering them, and then that's the way you kind of have to grow it in today's time if you don't have that luxury of having, you know, the big boys who are going to just sign off on it. And, and, and real quick, Amber, um, to everyone who is um, listening online, because um, we see several people um, in the chat room, you do have to be a registered follower of the show in order to um, uh, type comments in, in the chat room. So, uh, just go ahead and do that. It only takes about two seconds. Um, it's not that difficult, and we can uh, read your comments from the chat room. Um, everyone is anonymous on the Butterfly Evolution Show, so we do not give names unless you want us to. And if you're listening by phone, if you press the number one, uh, we will identify you by your area code and the last four digits of your phone number. Go ahead, Amber. Hey, hey Rodney, this is Tammy. Um Make sure, you guys, make sure that you select the number one if you have a comment or question. I know Rodney just said that, but I believe we have someone that does want to come in from the 757 area code. I'm going to go ahead and pull this caller in. But but do remember, you have to select the number one for us to know that you're in queue and want to be pulled in, okay? So let's do seven. Amber, did you want to say anything before I pull this caller in? No, you can go ahead and um, pull him in. Okay. We're pulling in. 757 area code with the last four digits of 1232. Caller, you're on the air with us. Hello, caller. Uh, 757, last four digits, 1232. Hope you're from the mic. Okay, well, maybe, well, maybe they disappeared. Sure. So we'll. We'll wait and let them press one when they want to come back in. All right, so those were great things that you both were talking about, and I want to pull back really quickly to something I was going to say before and some other Twitter comments that came up. But what are some alternative media? I'm going to go through a few, and, Jeremy, if you can tell me if these are not the right places, but I've heard from people that BBC is a good one, Al Jazeera is a good one, people say TV One, Good News Network. Um, and then you said Bloomberg, but what are some of the other areas that you get your news or you recommend that people go to to get unbiased, factual news? 
So, yeah, I think all of those are great sources, BBC, um, Bloomberg. Um, a funny one I actually started listening to more is uh, CCTV, which is the Chinese network. So they what, is it, what is it called? Uh, CCTV, oh, which CCTV. is Chinese. Yeah, they, they actually have um, some interesting content as well, and you can find free live streams of it. But yeah, Al Jazeera, um, Bloomberg, BBC, I think those are all um, good channels. Okay. And someone emailed a question. I have a few more Twitter ones I need to get back to. But their question was, um, as we continue to talk about news for just a second, how do we, they asked, how do we combat, this is my favorite person to not like, how do we combat African-American reporters like Don Lemon who don't adequately portray the story of our people? And I, I share this with them because every time he gets on television, I want to turn my TV off, and more, more than likely I will turn it off because I feel like he drives people in a direction they shouldn't go. And we saw here in Baltimore the mayor and governor walked off the stage. So what are your thoughts on how do we um, work on that? I think that's the answer is people don't entertain him because at the end of the day, He's trying to fulfill a position. He's trying to be a character on TV so he can sell more books. He can renegotiate his salary much higher. And so he's just playing that role of kind of the bad guy because he knows that sells. And so I think when people don't entertain it, he loses his power. But is he playing? Is this a role he's playing? I feel like this is him. I mean, if anyone is on TV, it's in their best interest to stand out. The same reason that, Mayweather makes himself look like a bad guy because bad guys sell. And so mm-hmm. I think by being controversial, he knows that increases his payroll because if you're not controversial, you're probably boring, which means you're probably not going to get paid as much. And so I think the fact that he sees that his Twitter feed blows up, yeah. he knows that he's getting more eyeballs and his media presence because people will be on the screen. When he's on the screen, people, a lot of people will stay there and pay attention to him also means that the advertisers know that he's a more valuable piece of real estate. So you brought it up, Mayweather. <laughs> yeah. Now, what did you think about the whole campaign? I'm going to go slightly off of black media, but in just general, the money behind the media. What do you think about the whole campaign him and Pacquiao did and basically took everyone's money in 36 minutes? Uh, it was a great exercise in capitalism. Like. Um, <laughs> He basically had a great fun match. Either one of them probably are sore the next day, and they walked out with more money than, you know, some countries. So why could I be mad at them for that? I mean, it's not you know like what? they didn't fight well. You know, they were. it was a defensive fight, and so I can't be mad at that. So let's move this into the TV conversation then. So you can't be mad that a person is making money. For you utilizing in, in excuse me utilizing media in a way that probably we know we all watched it it was a sparring match no one was hurt honestly mm-hmm. but and when we look at TV shows I'm gonna name TV shows and I'm not saying they're bad I'm just saying these are TV shows that have caused controversy you look at TV shows like Empire where the actors are fully engaged in um, the TV show because of what they are getting paid and they are employed. Um, right. Look at shows like Scandal and how they display um, black women in power. We also saw that with the um, our uh, state attorney and how they began to compare her to 
scandal and how they began to talk about how she looked on TV and a lot of the media that came and memes that came after her were all about how she looked and how she was Olivia Pope. So we that's an, a, a direct impact on media, on um, current events, or on uh, the real world. So on one side you said they made money, but shows like Empire and all these other shows and reality TV shows that we know, the real Housewives of Fill in the Blank and all those shows, they make right. money too. What's the difference? Um, well, between what's the difference between them and with Pacquiao and Mayweather? Yeah, when we're talking about the whole discussion is about blacking out media and that if media right. is not showing us in a positive light, we shouldn't be watching it. That's news, that's movies, that's reality TV, that's um, any of those avenues, that's Facebook, that's whatever it is. Our Instagram followers or people we follow on Instagram, if they're not showing us in a positive light, we should, as a people, remove ourselves from that. So I'm saying when we look at capitalism, because um, Taraji, I think when she came back, was talking about how she was she was okay with that role, and that's a role she accepted. And we often accept those roles because those are the only roles we're given as blacks in media. So my question is, how do we argue capitalism while also respecting uh, respecting yourselves as a black person and not buying to the stereotypes? All right, so let's start with uh, Mayweather. Um, I'm going to always be happy that it's an African-American man who negotiated the biggest deal in boxing, um, and he's no longer the employee. He's now the owner, and he's getting, he's basically getting a retribution for all of the other boxers out there that got taken advantage of. So I'm going to celebrate that. And so I think we have to look at the positive uh, message that was in that, which is um, – this gentleman is being a successful entrepreneur. And so well, I focus, I really don't see too much negative in regards to the Mayweather and Pacquiao um, fight because this was a gentleman who was an employee. He took a risk, and in the end, he won big by believing in himself. Um, in regards to, like, scandal and empire, let's talk about empire. Um me personally, I was a fan of Empire because I feel like it's a mirror of it, – it actually really shows how we are as a people. It wasn't really um, – typically you see a lot of images of guys in the entertainment industry and they're painted as these people who are dead, dead, dead. And while Lucius had a lot of issues, at the end of the day, I feel like he was still a loving father. Was his approach always correct? No. But you never really see – you never really see a um, a version. I, I feel like that story hasn't really been told of, like, a person who came from the streets who really just wanted something better for their family. Um, so I, I, I thought it was an authentic story. Um, Wait, so I'm going to cut in real quick. So I look at it a little differently because, for me, my story is a little different, and I, I think that the authentic stories are important, but I think that, more often than not, the authentic stories get turned into stereotypes, which then allow our kids, which Rodney can probably speak to this, our kids directly look at the media to get trends, to get the new words of the week, to get the new um, challenges, and all those things. So it's not like they're, they're, they're not getting a lot of stuff off the street. I grew up in a certain community. Uh, Joe Snow grew up in a certain community, but media allows everyone to see the same thing at the same time when that's not necessarily the life you live. So I agree there is a, there is a, a life imitates art, and then there's, I think, more so now. We have art imitating life more than we have in the past. That's just my personal opinion. 
So how do you draw and the line? Uh, because the, this, this the is stereotypes Tammy, I keep going. Hey, Emma, I want to go back to, and we have a caller, 501. We'll pull you in just a second here from the 501 area code. I want to kind of go back to what Rodney said uh, a little bit earlier and, and bring it forward. Um, when will, what do you guys feel about addressing the fact? Because, again, we feed the media. We, until mm-hmm. we change our mindset of what we want to see, we can do, there are great people out here trying to do great things to allow Very people true. platform for change, yet we still are drawn to um, scandal. We're drawn to the negative news. We're drawn to these things. And we're not willing, this is my opinion, we're not willing to go against the grain in order to change our mindset, in order to change our habits and change what drives Mm -hmm. us and moves us. So the same media that we're talking about, the same negative uh, works or whatever it is, people feed it. You can do some positive things. You may have ten people show up, but the clubs are full. You can can have something for these children. Parents will not show up for the most part, but you have a barbecue, and they're going to show up with new clothes, new hair, everything. I mean, <laughs> no doubt. So my opinion is we can we can talk about the media, we can talk about all this stuff, but who is feeding the media? Who is who is looking at these shows and and producing these ratings or skyrocketing these ratings? And until in my in my opinion, until we start to address and stop allowing people. To bring this foolishness and deal with this foolishness and I agree with you. Are in the midst of their doing, we're not going to get a change because people are so self-seeking. They're drawn to the negative. They want it. They feed mm-hmm. off of it. And they're not, in my opinion, ready or willing to change if they are ready. That's very true. I have that discussion a lot of time with my professional friends. Like, we'll be at an event that empowers us, but then we go out to, like, the evening event, and next thing we know, we're listening to the ratchetest music you ever heard that's completely disrespecting everything we heard in the morning conferences. So for me, I have a dilemma. I can't watch real fill-in-the-blank. I can't watch um, the show that Jeremy was talking about for myself because I know that we're better than that, and that is not my life. But it's hard, and I agree with you, it is very hard to go to people and say, hey, you can do better. This is where you need to be. But I think the other problem is people are self-medicating, and people watch those shows because their lives are not where they need to be. They're not walking in purpose. They're not living um, out their best life. So they watch those shows to medicate, I feel like, in a lot of ways. But I do like how when that sorority show came out, every single sorority went after them like the plague, and they they wiped it out. And I feel like blacks, in general, need to get to that point where they're so passionate about who they are as black people that they do not let anyone come against our image in any way that is not true. But I know we have a caller that needs to come on so we can bring them on. All right. Let's put on a caller from 501 area code. The last two digits is 7657. You're on the list. Uh, how y'all doing? Uh, I was just listening to the show a second ago. And uh, I heard that when... All right, how you doing? My name's Corey. And Hi, Corey. I was just... How you doing? I was just listening to the show, and I, I've just kind of been looking, you know, listening in and out. And I, my personal opinion is that with us, and you can go throughout history and, and look at it with us, we don't want – and I, I totally agree with you and Tammy just said, so it's kind of hard for me to say anything because what y'all two kind of hit it on the nail. With a lot of us, we don't want to because TV is our getaway mm-hmm. for most of us. 
And I, I think with us, we want to portray us in a such a positive light that we overdo it. So where the the Lord, I wouldn't I would say the Lord standard of us, but the ones that don't have the all of everything, the ones that don't have anything, we mm-hmm. put them in a bad situation because their reality is totally different than my reality. So, so when you look at, mm-hmm. a, at an empire, they can identify with empire almost to a T. They can all see those mm-hmm. characters play out in their hood. So it's wrong for us to go in and tell them that's not us. It's wrong for us to tell that, that man that just saw somebody get shot, that's not us. Because that is his reality. Mm-hmm. So we have to stop forcing our reality upon other people. I think that's what we do. We we, we have complex about us. Is it where, you know, all of us came from queens, queens and kings. That's that's the kind of history that we kind of give our kids. They used to be all in queens, but that's kind of a lot because some of us were slaves even during that time frame. Mm-hmm. And I think we do the same mm-hmm. I think we do the same thing with T V is that we have to stop making us a one set people. We're multifaceted not to have the other shows. Those other shows like Empire is much needed. Regardless of how we want to put it. Those shows are needed. Because just like we all sit in Washington and everybody's so politically correct. Everybody's showing us it's such a, a good light. The topics that we're having now will never come up. They would never be brought to the forefront. Those shows allow us a, a facet of life we never will see. For instance, if you're not for it, you won't see a drug dealer. So how would you know what a drug dealer really is? How do you know what what the poor man is really going through if it wasn't through TV? Can TV I ask is a like question, a, Corey? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So my question is, I have no problem with showing us where we are. Good times mm-hmm. showed the drug dealers, showed us in the hood, showed us mm-hmm. having rent parties showed all that stuff, but it was a positive television show that showed images. My problem right. with the shows they're showing now is that they take the positive out and they just beat down the stereotype. And I right. agree, I cannot come in and tell people they shouldn't watch it because I didn't grow up that way. My family members in some situations, they did grow up that way, but there has to be a comfortable medium of this is the truth, but here's how you get out. That's all I'm asking from my perspective. But I, I agree uh-huh. with you, and I understand what uh, you're saying. I, 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 agree with you. I, I totally agree with you. But on that right there, let's, let's, let's take good times. All right, let, let's take this one small show that we all consider one of the greatest shows ever in black, in black media, right? But when really I said good times, it wasn't all that great from a perspective from where I come from. It was kind of depressing to me and when you really look at it because okay. at, the, at the end of the day, every time they try to make a come up, there was always a reason why they couldn't do it. Every time something came up, it, it, was, it, was a lot, it was a lot of negative things in there that we as a people should kind of get away from because well, they put a lot of things in there that we should not be doing. There's certain things they could not talk about, all right? A lot of the writers, a lot of writers in that show were white. Mm-hmm. They were produced mainly by white folks. It wasn't really a show for books. It wasn't even meant to say that way. Actually, the show was, even, was only supposed to be for one season. The show was good. I like to watch it. But it's kind of depressing to watch somebody be in the project for that long and never make a come up. And on the very last show, the very last show, all of a sudden he gets another football contract. It was too unrealistic. It didn't fit my life. It would be like the Bill Cosby show. All right? That was fine. That was good. But I don't know too many black people that don't work. I That was kind of hard for me to believe that a black man got kids like that doing. They was doing it. When, so I do agree. It has to be a balance. But you can't force <laughs> You can't force your view upon other people to think about us. And I'm not saying that you're doing that by any means. But a lot of us okay. get on TV and we get selfish. We, we, we're we for the very selfish people. Oprah is selfish. All those people are selfish. Because if it doesn't fit their needs, they won't do it. 
they force their views upon okay, other people. Okay, let we, me have. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Let I'm me done. Have Jeremy ask his question because he wants to ask your question real quick. But we have two right, callers in queue. But Jeremy, can you ask your question real quick and then? Um, oh, I, I just wanted to piggyback on what he was saying, which is, I mean, let's use Empire for example. There's no white supremacy in that show. They are showing an African American male who is just as powerful as all the other white executives. And so here we go. I think some. <laughs> But at the end of the day, I think sometimes people just harp on there's two messages that's good. You can choose to look at the good. You can choose to look at the bad. And so maybe, you know, based off the life I've had, right, I mean, I've been blessed in my life, two-parent home, so maybe my viewpoint is always going to be I'm going to filter out the negative and I'm going to try to gravitate to what I can Mm -hmm. take from something. Everyone's not like that, but there haven't been shows before where the black man was powerful enough to just, you know, make enemies of these white guys and basically be the victor in the situation. Okay. All right. So I'm going to hold my comments, and I'm going to let the area code 770, you're next in the queue. Um, welcome to the show. Hi. This is um, a question relative to what everyone is, is has been saying, and I'm in complete agreement about some of the shows. I have not watched Empire, but – I'm sure that I would take some umbrage in in recognizing it as a new standard for what we should be accepting of. But my question is, we've all now tasted the wine, and we all know about reality Mm -hmm. TV. We've all seen what is is portrayed on news about uh, whether or not we agree that it is a true representation of our communities or not. What I'd like to know is, do you have any parameters or guidelines to give us on programs based on a consensus of what is what is worthy of us no longer watching or monitoring for behavior, and if and if it is just a monitoring situation, then what's our next call to action to reach out to the writers of the show, to the broadcasting stations, to the cable stations, network stations for a change in, in the writers? What is our ask? Thank you. So I'll speak on that really quickly, and then I'll let uh, Jeremy go for it. Um, normally at the end of each of our calls, uh, these calls help us develop what our action plans are for the end of the month. Um, so that's something that will come through as we talk through the call. But some of the things that um, I can answer directly are we have to look for new sources. Uh, I personally don't laugh at shows like Blackish, but some people have went to Blackish. Some people have went to Meet the Smith or the Bama State style um, reality TV show that shows uh, a, a black college in a, a positive light. So it's just seeking those things out. The other thing that's really cool that Jeremy can probably speak on is YouTube TV programs. There are so many different black people on um, YouTube right now that have YouTube channels that are actually filming their own shows and putting them out on on, um, YouTube. So I think that's another place that we're going to be going in the future is streaming these things um, off of a a website. And the other thing is that there – there are shows that are available, but we do have to go to the writers. We do have to call people out. The thing I love about Baltimore is the amount of interviews I saw where Baltimoreans called them out. Don Lemon was called out and walked away from. Um, a lot of other reporters from MSNBC, CNN, Fox, you, you all saw the Gerardo, uh bit where he tried to say those things about the community, and that young black brother did not let him do it. So Baltimore stood up and said, you're not going to report here, and they asked for the Um, state to kick them out and the funny thing about it was a lot of those reporters got curfewed too and they were actually quarantined to a certain area because local media was reporting the right news but those reporters 
for making false claims. Even today, Fox News put out that a black man was shot by a police officer, which caused people to go crazy, and it wasn't true. So I think it's our duty as people who are against these things. If you see something, especially in your community, for me, it was Baltimore because I knew what was going on. We have to call them out. Even if it's Twitter, they follow their tweets. A lot of people responded. I, re- I tweeted to um, Baltimore Sun because there was an issue. They responded directly back to me. You tweet to CNN, you call out these different individuals, and people continue to retweet. They're not going to keep having this conversation if they're losing um, viewership. Jeremy can talk a little bit more about that. Well, I'm going to look at it and say the writers at the end of the day, they're employees um, because – the people you really have to go after are the advertisers. No million-dollar, billion-dollar company out there ever wants to be associated with something that makes people mad. You That's know, it. Coca-Cola spends billions of dollars to be associated with making people smile. And so I think that if people go on networks like Twitter and Facebook and say, guess what, coach your advertising during the show, and I don't like how it's portraying this particular demographic, I'm not drinking Coke. You, they see, uh, they have measurement software that shows sentiment analysis that's going on online. So if you see enough of a signal showing too much negativity surrounding something, a brand will quickly disengage on that. So I think that's one of the quickest ways you can get pretty quick action. You know what I like? I never thought about the advertising feed, Jeremy, that's why you're on the call. Um, but I, I have seen it where if someone says something crazy on Twitter, they do, people do say something, and then the advertisers pull out, and then that person normally loses their show, their endorsements, and all that. Stuff. So I think that's a great um, call to action is for us to do that. Um, again, our hashtag that we're using when someone does something silly and, and, and it def- directly affects the black community, we're using the hashtag blackout media. Um, to let people know that it's not okay. There are other sites that use Blackout Media USA. You can definitely check them out, too. They um, talk about the issues, and they show the different um, discrepancies in news reporting across the world, and they have hundreds of thousands of followers who follow them as well. We have another caller um, in queue. It's two more in queue. So we're going to pull on, I think the area code is 401. Uh, no, the area code is four zero four. Last four digits are one zero three seven. What's happening, Bo? What's going on, Rodney? What's going on, Rodney? Hey, Amber. <laughs> hey, Hello. Jeremy. Hey, Hello, my Hello. cousin Tammy. What's going on? Hello, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I've been listening, you know, to a lot of what's been said, <clears throat> you know. Um. And I just have two words, really, to to expound upon, and that's social and moral. Um, TV shows, they cater to sociality, but they have no morality. Their morals Mm -hmm. are all messed up, Um, meaning that, and, and follow me for a minute, it started way back, you know what I mean, in the garden when Satan showed, eat the fruit. Um, he didn't give her nothing that she wasn't going to like. He made it look nice. He made it look succulent. He made her want it, that was the desire. In today's society, that's what the TV shows do. They cater to your socialness instead of your moralness. They cater to the point to what, what, what sells, you know, sex sells, violence sells. It's all about a dollar. It's not about... Um, um, 
your morals. It's not about being respectful or having respect. It's about getting a dollar out of your pocket. And how do we do that? We make it succulent to you. We make it look good. We make it make you thirst for it. You know, I mean, ask yourself this: Reverend Jones down the street could have a revival. We'll argue about putting five dollars in the bucket, but here this boy just fought mm-hmm. another boy, and the tickets was a hundred dollars, hundred dollars just to get it on your direct TV or whatever the case may be, and HBO or Showtime or whatever it was, and it sold out. You know, the tickets sold out sixty seconds after they had posted them. So it shows you the world that we live in. People cater mm-hmm. to 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 violence. To, to sexual, to you know what I mean, and 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 the news, and the news and the TV people personnel, they know this. So if you're gonna make money, that's what they cater to, you know what I mean. And yeah. it, and it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous because now we have we've lost all moral standards. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's pushing the negativity and they forgot about the positivity. You know what I mean? And that's what's going on in our communities. You know. But if we would be more morally concept and, and 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 understand that where we're heading, I mean, see the see the, the the end of the tunnel before you have to get there and fall off a cliff. You know what I mean? But that's not what's happening. Everybody's focused on what's right in front of them. You know, television is just what it is. It tells you a vision. That's what that's why they named it that. It's not mm-hmm. it's not what's direct. It tells you a vision. It feeds to your social concept, not your moral concept, and that's all I wanted to say. No, that, that's that's really real. So I appreciate that view of it. Um, but my problem is, in a country that claims that we are, what do we claim? I think we claim we're eighty percent Christian. I, I wonder uh-huh. how that happened, and I wonder how that still happens because my friends feel like you feel, and most of my network. And the undertone of that they want the positivity, even though they'll watch it. Like I have friends right now who will watch all this ratchetness. They're educated. They know better. and But they still choose to watch it. So I'm wondering where did we go wrong and then how do we change the narrative, especially for our community. I know that um, other communities are also betrayed or portrayed, excuse me, in a negative light as well, but not as much as we are. I turn to the news. They only talk about the black killings when we know that whites and blacks kill at the same rate. They're only showing the right. black boy who robbed the robbed the bank. The only time I see about a white person, it has to be some type of extreme crime that either is domestic violence, the kidnapping of a child, or he shot up a, a huge area. I don't see that the guy across the street killed his wife. They don't show those things. So how do we right. push media to be more morally responsible? At the end of the day, we are paying them. It's, this is right. our money, and we have to decide our value in what we want to watch. So, but the other problem right. is there's nothing else to watch. And, and like Jeremy said, there are other options out there that we can look for. But as far as mainstream media, they give it to you and you're like, oh, you can only watch three channels and you pay for 500 channels on cable. That's a problem. Hey, hey guys, this is Rodney. This is Rodney. Rodney. Rodney, and I'll jump in after you. Um, I just want to say this real quick. Um, if you are um, listening online and would like to call in, the number is 818-691-7406. Again, that is 818-691-7406. And remember, before you can uh, post comments in the chat room, you do have to be a registered follower uh, of the Butterfly Evolution Show. Um 
It is very simple and easy. Just follow the instructions online. Also, once again, we are on live every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Central Time. Sorry, uh, Tammy, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. I got a question, Amber. I have a question, you guys, for just a second. What what do you count, um, as I hear you guys, and I think about a time when growing up you would hear crimes that were, hear of crimes that have been committed, and instantly you knew, you most in most cases knew if a black person or a white person committed that crime. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, uh, there seemed to be during that time less crimes committed uh, by black people, and that's just my opinion. Um, what do you account the, the, as parents? How do you put parents in this, or what, what do you say? Because I feel like a number of things are happening due to a lack of parenting, um, as we talked about all these things, lack of responsibility, accountability, I think parenting has just diminished, especially in, in our race. I think there are a great number of people who are self-seeking, as Bo mentioned, and you talked about with Christians and so forth. We kind of let media um, raise our children because it's, just because media has it out there, just because the, the Jordans are out there and all this stuff, and I'm not saying anything's wrong with these things, but I'm saying there was a time Rodney says it best. When we had little, we were better, even towards each other. Agreed. We supported each other. And so I get the media stuff. I get all of that. But what responsibility well, – let's talk about parents, if you don't mind. Do you think parents – the lack of parenting plays in this and, and a little bit about our very own responsibility to self and people who look like us? Jeremy, I'll let you get the parent responsibility question. Well, I mean, my answer is going to be short. I really, I think everybody just has to grow up. Like, you're an adult. You have to do your responsibility. I mean, you can't force an adult to do anything they don't want to do in, in society. And so I don't really know if there is an answer, whether, except for, you know, people have to reach the consequences of their actions. I mean, that's kind of where I feel about it. I mean, there's, there's a, you can't change an adult's behavior. The only way you change behavior is through consequences. Um, so I'm a, oh, I'll add on to that. You good? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I'm good. Okay, so let me put it like this. So I think, Tammy, this is my thought, I think that media plays a role in that too. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up not listening to certain music, not watching certain certain TV shows until I turned 16. I will say for me, my parents did all they could for me and were the best parents that I could have asked for. However, when I opened my world up to what was, as the gentleman said before, social or secular, I started behaving different. Granted, someone could say, oh, she was weak-minded, but when the media is pumping you as a 16-year-old with all this information, all this music, we know that what goes in resonates at some point in the brain and things happen. So I think that that goes back to, again, media responsibility, parents' responsibility to make sure they're giving their kids enough of the media to let them know what's going out there so they're not culture shocked, but then also knowing when to pull them in and let them know the difference between what is real and what is um, social or what is entertainment. So I think that's one problem. And I'll even point to my cousin who lives in Baltimore. She didn't grow up in a home that uses certain words, but she goes on Instagram. They use certain words. She brings them in the home. 
is not because her mother is doing that. It's because of her peers are doing it. And the peer pressure and all those kids are having those different dialogues on social media, that becomes her her new norm or her natural. So I think that still goes back to media, even with the parents and parents being responsible for the media their kids are interacting with. Uh, real quick, this is Rodney. We're going to bring in our next caller, Amber, from the 757 uh, last four digits are one, two, three, two. Caller, you yeah. are on the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. This is Anthony Aaron, Logan. Calm down. Hi, Logan, Anthony. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty so good. Before, about y'all? Let me give a look. Doing well. Let me give you all a little background on Anthony Logan. He used to follow on the blog I wrote for, and me and him have a – uh, also a hate-love relationship, and he's also in media. So you can go ahead and ask your question. Thanks for coming on. No problem. All right, so, I mean, so, what's going on? Like, what's what's, it, what's what's your question for me? So what are your thoughts in general over this whole black to media conversation? <laughs> well, I've been listening, and I don't, I don't even know where to start. Um, as far as media is concerned, we need to think about, alternative forms of media. We don't just got to jump straight to the top. You want to have a TV station. We want to have a prominent radio station. But we should do something like that guy from uh, the Young Turks. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but they're on YouTube. They're pretty big. It's like an MSNBC, but it's all on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And the guy... I just started watching them. Yeah, see, the guy, he used to actually be on MSNBC. He was an anchor, and he decided he didn't want to do that anymore, so he went and started his own thing. So we need to do more stuff like that and really support it, if we're going to have our own media, support it. And something else, the media, I think, underreported what was going on in Baltimore because I was listening to the local news tonight here in Virginia, and they said mm-hmm. that 200 businesses were lost and 140 officers were injured. But when I'm watching Fox News, all this show is a CVS burning. So mm-hmm. I think it was really the opposite. I think that if we want to have the narrative changed about us in media, we need to behave differently in general. And how do you do that? Well, <laughs> you just got to do it. It needs to be something that everybody does, something that everybody come together and do. The parents got to be involved. We need to kind of get rid of a lot of this government assistance because that's promoting people to have children with no fathers in the household. Before 1960, we had 80% of households with two parents married when the children were born. Now it's about 30%. So what's going on? I knew on? you were going to go there. <laughs> so what's going on? I mean, y'all talk to me. Am I wrong? Because so, the only thing that's so, been changed so since you, the 60s is the government assistance. But go ahead. So so Jeremy, I'm going to let you um, say what you said to me last night. So me and Jeremy and you, we have these conversations all the time via social media, via blog or what have you. So I, I do believe that we have to get our community off of assistance. I believe that, yes. but I believe there's a way to do it. I don't think you strip that away. I think there's a plan to have to put in place to get people to be economically independent. Um, Jeremy brought up an interesting fact about Democratic states versus Republican states and how blacks yes. are more progressive in Republican states. Jeremy, can you speak to that? So I'm sure this probably isn't going to make me a popular guy, but I just, you know, here's my viewpoint. If you actually look at the facts, the facts are in cities that are in blue states that are democratic cities, let's go Baltimore, Gary, Indiana, Chicago, Oakland, 
New York, Philadelphia, and you look at the state of African Americans in those states, we're pretty, we're not doing really well. You compare that with states like, or cities like Charlotte, Atlanta, Houston, Dallas, uh, Norfolk, Virginia, and you look at online indexes and it shows the African Americans who are in those areas are doing very well relative to other African Americans. And so the issue I oftentimes have is I think that as a group, we need to open up our political views to say, let's stop being beholden to one party and let's open up our options and make both parties work for us. Because obviously, based off of the data and the economic output from a lot of these uh, cities where we see all the segregation and police brutality, those policies aren't working that well. They raise the cost for the people that live in those cities. A lot of the companies move away. They go to other states. And now you're seeing the African-Americans who live in Texas or migrating to Texas, they're doing pretty good. And so I just think that we have to look at the big picture and say, you know, are some of these policies that sometimes it seems like we support, are they really helping our community? And I feel like they're not really, and that's just my viewpoint. So not hey, using this, the political things too far. Oh, go ahead. Who's that? No, this is Rodney. I'm going to bring uh, Bo back in here for one second. Okay. Uh, Bo had another comment he didn't get a chance to make. Go ahead, Bo. Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead, Bo. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to say, you know what I mean, um, I've been listening to Amber and I've been listening to the other gentlemen uh, as they talked, and Amber asked the question, she said, where did we go wrong? You know, what what is it? You know what I mean? And, you know, I just like to, you know, I call a spade a spade. You know what I mean? I like to keep it direct, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and, and address that question. Um, you know, I'm a spiritual person. You know, I'm a real spiritual person. I didn't always, you know, be was this way. But, you know, trials and error and tribulations taught me to, to be spiritual. You know, the blessings of God is steady coming. So I have no other way but to be spiritual. Um, and what I see is, um, in the Word of God, it says that when we were born, we were born in sin. So automatically, off the rip, when we come into this world, we're already faced with all kinds of, 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 of negativity because that's what we were born into. Now, the body's going to sin. That's what it's going to do. It's going to want to hear bad stuff. It's going to want to do bad stuff. You know what I'm saying? Even Paul said every time he went to do good, evil was always present. So it's always there. Mm-hmm. The app, the app part about it is we have to learn to come to into the knowledge of Christ in order to change those things in, 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 within us. And by coming into the knowledge of Christ, he'll also change our mindset so that we don't adapt to the things of this world. He says, be not conformed of the things by the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And the only way okay. we can renew our minds is if we get a personal, that's the key word, a personal relationship with Christ. Ain't nothing going to happen if we don't have personal relationships with Christ first. We can sit here and mm-hmm. talk about this all day long. Ain't nothing going to change okay. unless we come into the knowledge of Christ and start to do things. Uh, uh, you know, we have to get up in the morning and say our prayer. We have to pray daily. Say pray without ceasing, you know what I'm saying, about these things and this, that, and the other. You know, we got to get up off of our butts and do something. You know, I, I, I get sick and tired of seeing 
you know, uh, moms out to the club or dads out to the club, you know what I mean, and then the kids are suffering, you know. They go to school looking any kind of way. You know, I, I, don't, I don't like that, you know, because I have kids. I, I don't like that. But when mom and dad go out to the club, they sharpen and attack. You know what I mean? Where are your morals? And, and yeah. Where are your morals when it comes to that? You know what I'm saying? I see a lot of that. You know, all I mean, and it's and it's ridiculous. But that's the world that we live in. You know what I'm saying? That's the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you have people. They'll say, "Well, um, I can't do nothing with them," and this, that, and the other, blah, this, blah. You know what I mean? It's all a, a part of the plan to keep us down. Why come we the only race that can't get along? How come we're the only race that 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 can't live fifteen in the house, share one or two cars, and and little by little <laughs> we take we take it upon ourselves to go out one at a time? You know, okay, it's my turn, your turn. If we live in the house fifteen at a time, somebody gonna be arguing about somebody used the car too much, or oh she done wore a pan of my panties, or she done she done put on she got my rollers, <laughs> or oh man he got on my boots. You know what I'm saying? But then the Mexicans do it, you understand me? And little by little, everybody get out on their own. The next thing you know, they're, they now they have uh, lawn services. They have roofing companies. And them people ain't even, mm-hmm. even we've been here all our lives and can't yeah. get nothing. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, it, it starts. It started from the beginning, being born in sin. But once you reach a certain age, you're supposed to come into the knowledge of Christ. And when Christ comes into your life, he changes all of that. So, so then you're able to fight that sin. Then your desires won't be to 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 look at certain things. You know, you'll have a certain respect for Christ, and you'll monitor yourself. And monitoring yourself, you'll be able to monitor your kids. And that's where that thing with Tammy was talking about transferring from the parenting down to the child. We yeah. have we don't have that no more. Ain't no more nanos. Ain't no more big moms. Ain't none of that no more. You know what I'm saying? You got mamas want to party harder than a daughter or the dad out drinking with the son. You know what I mean? What is this? That's foolishness, you know. And yes, I just—I mean, I don't want to take over your show, but I just wanted to say that because that was a burning desire within me, you know what I'm saying? You know, and and uh, and I God just put it on my heart to say that, you know what I'm saying? From the beginning, we were already swimming upstream against the tide, you know what I'm saying? And that's because we were born in sin, and it takes the, it takes the body of Christ to embed in you, in order to defeat that sin that we were born in, and with that, it curves everything else. Hey, hey, this is Rodney, and uh, real quick, because this has been a very, very uh, intriguing dialogue, here's what I'm going to do. First of all, I'm going to bring back in our our regular host, uh, Ms. Butterfly Evolution herself, um, and then call her from the 501 area code. Uh, last four digits seven six five seven. Please just bear with us. Um, I know you've been holding on for a while, but after Tammy, I will definitely take you. And then we're going to read off some things from the chat room. Then we're going to go to area code nine zero one, and then we're coming back to Amber and Jeremy. Uh, we have a lot going on, so please just bear with us. Uh, grab your paper, grab your pen. I know that so many people um, have texted or messaged us about questions and comments, and we promise we will get to every single person. Uh, just just bear with us. <laughs> we know that this is a hot topic. We're so glad that you're tuned in and hanging out with us this Monday night. Uh, but we're going to uh, turn it over right right now to Ms. Butterfly Evolution. Terry, go ahead. I, I want to ask a question to, to all of us on um, online here. What do you really feel that media, because um, that's what this is all about, 
and I know for our young people, they all could be able to watch all the media in the world and still know that this is my house, these are my rules, and this is what you will abide by. And more so, I want to ask everybody here, would you willing, for those who are listening on this call, would you be willing to turn cable off and ask everybody in your circle and their mama and daddy and whoever else they know to do the same in order to promote change? I like everybody to say yes or no to that. Would you be willing? And if and if yes, if no, why or why not? Okay. And, and, and I'm going to say this once again. Please, 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 Amber, Jeremy, Bo, and to the rest of our listeners, please write that question down because we are going to be expecting an answer from all of you. Tammy, if you would, please ask that question one more time. And I'm going to add, if you say yes to Tammy's question, please be ready to explain why. And if you say no, please explain why not. Tammy, will you ask your question again? Would you be willing to have your cable turned off, disconnected forever if it took that in order to promote change? You know, would you be willing to turn it off? All right. That's the question on the phone. We are going to our next caller from the area code 901. The last digits are 0668. Caller, you are on the air. Yes. All I have to say is that young man that just left from speaking, he is absolutely 100% right. And I would like to know who he is. I would like for him to come on again because he speaks very truthfully. <laughs> we have a couple, we have a couple young men um, on the call. One, uh, his name is Jeremy, and the other one is uh, Bo. But we'll the make sure one. it's you. Uh, the last one that called was talking about how we so jealous of each other we can't have anything. It's 1,500 Mexicans living in one house, and they make the world, they just, they, they, they know how to work together. We as black people, when we get in the home, like he said, we're arguing over the car, we're arguing over this. It's just like an organization that I'm in, and I'm not going to tell you who I am, but I'm in an organization, and the leader could call out one person that she felt like that's doing good, and everybody else in there get jealous. Every one of us, the blacks, get jealous. Just because she called that one name. I'm in a dance group, and she called my name out several times about how I dance, and I sh- they should look at me to see how I dance because the audience loves me, and because the audience loves, it's three or four of us in there that can move pretty good. And because she said that last Sunday, she brought she brought my name out into the audience, into the dance group, and we was practicing about how I can move and how I make the dance group look better. Do you know every one of several of those black women got mad? And that's exactly what he's talking about. He is talking about that he is the truth. We can't do anything together without arguing and fussing and fighting. So we ain't going to never get nowhere as long as we do that. So I would like to hear him. He spoke very well and very truthfully and he tells it like it is, whether who like it or not. Good night. Thank you so much. Uh, Carla, if you would hold just one second, Bo, I'm going to bring yeah, you I'm here. Uh, by way of request. Uh, please, in less than 15 seconds, 
Tell the people how they can get in contact with you. Go. Hey, uh, thank you very much. And uh, the young lady who just called, I appreciate that very much. I really do. <clears throat> you know, I'm just tired of, 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 of us going through this, and, you know, something needs to be done about it. Um, you can uh, reach me on Facebook, Bo Jackson, or you can hit me up on Facebook through Tighten Up Ministries. Again, that's Tighten Up Ministries. Or you can give me a call because I do um, have uh, group sessions for kids that have been abused, kids that are on drugs, kids that uh, have emotional, mental problems. I, re- I talk to all kind of kids. Um, I'm just in this thing to, to, to bring our children back to where they should be uh, through Tighten Up Ministries. Uh, if you want to get my phone number and call me, it's area code 404 957 one zero three seven again. That's area code four four nine five seven one zero three seven. Okay, Rodney. Bo, we really appreciate that. Um, we're going to go to our comments in the chat room, and then we're going to bring back Amber and Jerry. Uh, we just had to do it that way uh, so that we could get everyone in because so many people uh, were pressing the number one and leaving comments in the chat room. Uh, messaging Facebook text messages, so we just had to do it that way. Uh, we want to thank you all for your patience. One quick, uh, one quick shout out. Excuse me. Uh, my boo just joined in to Mary Allen, so I did want to give her a shout out. Uh, she's just uh, leaving class, so I, um, we always appreciate Tamaria calling in to the show. Uh, real quick from the chat room. Um, so there have been a number of questions and a number of comments, and so let me see. Uh, there was one question about what did you all think about the coverage in Baltimore? Uh, I didn't see a whole lot about that. Um, but then there were uh, there was a comment that said, I don't like watching mainstream news. I would rather read the news. Uh, and then the comment uh, from, from Black America 2.0 was, "What news do you read?" Uh, and I and I asked, "What it? Why is that your choice?" Um, the the um, commenter said, "While I do not always get this website, get to this website, I prefer NPR. dot org, and that is National Public Radio." Um, so for those of you who are interested, um, and it says, I am a visual linguistic learner. I have to read it for me to remember it. I can see the news in the next minute and not tell you what I remember. Um, I definitely remember that it is uh, self-medicating. Um, and then I, I asked what types of stories keep your attention and the a uh, person said there's stories that keep my attention. Um, they said, I just read to learn. I don't need my attention kept. I do go on Facebook and reading positive articles there keep my attention. Um, and then uh, the three of us, myself, Black America 2.0, and the commenter uh, uh, talked about shows such as the Cosby Show, Fresh Prince, and Martin um, and then I even threw in their sports because that's all I look at on TV, either sports or the Cosby Show, Fresh Prince, or Martin. Um, and then the person said, I can't 
cannot get with Empire, and while I used to love Scandal, I had to let it go because it did not support the values that I agree with. Uh, then they asked, are we still a Christian nation? And then Black America 2.0 uh, commented that uh, they stopped watching Scandal. Um, I said I can't get with any reality shows because I don't support ignorance or foolishness. Uh, then the comment the comment was made, I watched once, and it is not for me. Um, I said those shows are not realistic, and they give blacks a bad name. The commenter said, amen. I liked how the caller explained social, social and morality. Uh, and then we all acknowledged Bo's comment about television and how it just tells you a vision. Um, and then there uh, was a comment about Young Turks, which you can find their station on YouTube. Um, and then the commenter in the chat room said, I agree that we should not be beholden to one party. I am not. Um, and that we are big moms. Uh, and then Black America 2.0 commented that their cable is off and not going back on. Um, and then our other commenter said, I would, my husband would not. Um, and Black America 2.0 would also like to welcome Tamaria uh, real quick because we've had some other people to chime in, but we are going back to Amber and Jeremy. And real quick, I know that we've hit you with a lot, Amber and Jeremy, but if you would, please, because we've had so many people to uh, join the call, if you would give out your uh, names, contact information, um, and everything that you're doing, uh, just so that all of our listeners are aware. Thank you so much for your patience. All right, great. I'll run through that really quickly. Um, Black America 2.0 is a grassroots group to help people educate themselves on how to lift themselves in their community. I just posted on the Facebook event page, or the page is blackamerica2.com, and then the Twitter handle is at blackamerica2 underscore zero, as well as a link to the Facebook page. Um, mm -hmm. The caller on the call with me is Jeremy Johnson. He's the owner of John Rich Media. That's johnrichmedia.com. And we're going to hit those issues really quickly because I know we have other callers trying to get in. So I do want to address Bo's um, issue with uh, talking about um, it all started in the garden. I agree with you 100%. I am a believer in Christ as well. My problem is, as we talk about media, is what the black church has done as it relates to media and how the salt has become sugar. When I say that, we're supposed to be the salt of the earth and we're supposed to be the ones that people are thirsty for and giving them um, provisions and teaching them about the good news, but we haven't. The church as a whole, especially those mainstream churches who are on media, are promoting sweet Messages, basically prosperity teachings, telling people um, do this to get that, and they have completely went away to what the whole message of the good news is. So I think that has a lot to do with why we are no longer a, a moral society because people aren't talking about what the good news was about. You can go now and people don't even know who Jesus is. They're in church and they think they're saved because they go to church, and that is a problem. So I think that's also holding churches accountable. And those churches who we are paying millions of dollars accountable should be, or millions of dollars in tithes and offerings 
should be held accountable to what they're doing. If the church is not growing, if they're not doing after-school programs, if there's not discipleship classes and those type of things going on, why are we still going to those places and why are we allowing them to do that? I am not speaking against a pastor, but we know a certain pastor just did a $65 million campaign for a helicopter or, or airplane. He could have did that same campaign for Baltimore City or for Atlanta and all the kids there who need scholarships. So there is a disconnect in what is really the gospel and what is this word that people are preaching. That's one area. The second um, thing I wanted to put out was uh, the individual, well, when he's talking about why we don't get along with each other, one of my friends messaged me, and I think they're in the queue, but they were talking about who are you around? We have to decide who we are around. And I won't get deeper than that. I'll let them ask the question. Um, and then there was someone who posted something on the Facebook page that Jeremy's going to address. Their comment was their comment says, the comment that was made about us being blue state versus red state is so far off basis. Why do we have to keep confirming to what system they allow us to be in? Republicans are wolves who don't mind showing their true skin, and Democrats are wolves in sheep clothing. So why not just kill the wolf and start our own? Jeremy? All right. So my viewpoint on that is, uh, once again, this is a system, right? And so if you look at other demographics, they utilize the system for their advantage. Let's look at the Jewish community. They have a nice mixture uh, with both political uh, parties. Uh, the LGBT community, the same thing. And so I'm not saying we have to conform, but we don't even use the power that we have, which is to make the groups conform to our needs. And so there's issues that the African Americans as a whole, we agree with on the Republican side. There's issues on the Democratic side that we as a whole agree to. But why are we just basically making one group think they don't even have to work for our vote? I agree. Basically, they use us as a mascot, but their real agenda is promoting the cause of environmentalists and more so of the LGBT community, more so than the needs of the African-American community. And so my thing is there's a system. There's rules to the game. You can like it or not, right? You can recognize it's a game or not. If you recognize the game, then you have a chance of winning at the game. If you refuse to believe that the game exists or you don't even want to acknowledge it, you it's fault. And so my perspective is this is what the system is. We have to start operating in that system to make it work for us, and I just don't think we're doing a good job of that right now. I'm going to make one comment on that, and, Rodney, you can bring in the next caller. Uh, in Baltimore City, they put up signs, back to media, they put up signs that said, vote Democrats. That is it for the last election. Not vote Barbara, not vote John because of X, Y, and D. They literally put in neighborhoods in Baltimore and in Maryland that were predominantly black, vote Democrats. There is a problem with the way our system is set up where black majority of us check Democrats. And a lot of us do not believe half the things that Democrats support, especially in the black church. So it is a very uh, confusing dynamic, and we have to understand that we do need to know the, the um, different issues of our candidates and things like that. We'll talk about that more in November for those who are interested to come back on with us. But we have to be aware of what's going on. I'm sorry, in October. We have to be aware of going, what, what is going on and understand that they are using our political power, because we do have it, we put people into power, and understanding that we can't just keep checking a box just because traditionally your family has voted Democrat is not okay, or traditionally your family has voted Republican. You need to figure out the issues and, and vote the issues. But, Rodney, you can go ahead and bring on the next person. All righty. Uh, just to let you guys know, uh, you guys are doing a fabulous job, uh, Jeremy and Amber. Uh, we appreciate you being on with us tonight. 
For those of you listening, we have about 25 minutes left on the call. We hope that you'll stay with us. Uh, this has been a very, very, very um, interesting uh, show, and so we want to thank Amber and Jeremy once again for being on with us, as well as all of our callers. Uh, excuse me, all of our callers, whether you are uh, brand new to the show tonight or whether you are a faithful listener. Thank you so much. Uh, if you are in queue, meaning you have pressed the number one, uh, please stay with us, and I promise you we will get to everyone. Right now we are going to bring in our caller uh, from the 757, last four digits, 9485. Caller, you are on the air. Hi. Um, my name is Alonzo Coleman, and I um, just wanted to respond to the comments about blacks not being able to work together and why do all the other people groups work together. And I think that's kind of a, a misnomer because I'm black, I have a lot of black friends, and we don't have this whole fighting and bickering um, relationship or whatever that was described. So I just wanted to kind of point out that it's not, that's not everybody's normal. So to just um, table the broad stroke, and say that, A, black can't work together, that's inaccurate. Um, and just, uh, you know, point out that other people, other people's groups do that. I mean, that's something, if, if that's something to look forward to, maybe we can do some workshops or trains to see, you know, learn from them and learn how we can work mm-hmm. together more as a community. But I wouldn't just, um, you know, uh uh, degrade our community by saying, you know, we're not capable of working together or we can't because everybody's out for themselves. So so I I agree with you, Alonzo, because my friends aren't like that. Um, one of the individuals who happens to be Rodney's girlfriend is Mary, and all of our friends, we support each other. So one thing you said is key is who you put yourself around. We choose where we're going to be each day. We choose the people we call friends, and we choose the life we're going to live. We can't choose our family. So that dynamic has to be worked on, and that comes with developing um, family relationships. But I, I agree with um, Alonzo. For me, that doesn't happen. But I also, on the other side, I have met people who will come up to me and be like, oh, why do you have friends like the ones you have? And I'm like, because people who are opposite of me don't come around me. And a lot of times, like attracts like. So we have to focus on being our best selves. We have to make sure we're not gossiping. We have to make sure... We're uplifting one another. We have to be the light that we want to see in the world so we can attract other light. Not to say that young lady who spoke is doing that, but I'm just saying for me, I had to become a certain woman to attract other women to me. And in some situations, we became those women together. And we always send each other self-help stuff, motivation stuff. Like we're always trying to build upon one another. So I, I feel you on that. I don't know if anyone else wanted to respond to Alonzo. Jeremy? Yeah, I hear you. Is Jeremy is Jeremy going to respond? I don't know. I thought you said. Oh, I think I, I feel like um. So, in regards to not working together, I would totally agree. I mean, I think the people that I hang around, um, I have no problem getting along with them because I choose to make that decision, and I'm only going to hang around people that I'm going to grow from. I saw an article about a year ago that said. And this isn't for, you know, this isn't every situation, but it said one of the fastest ways to get rich, you find seven people who are richer than you. You want to get smarter, you find seven people who are smarter than you. 
And so I think it's all about who you surround yourself with. And I think, you know, that's each of our responsibility, and we have to make those decisions. A lot of times right. I hear people, you know, it seems like people are their friends and they hang around them and they're just talking about them behind their back the entire time. It's like, well, why are you hanging with this person? Is it just because you're bored? And so I think people just have to recognize that some people aren't for them and maybe they need to do other activities to stimulate their brain. But, I mean, I think that as a whole we are working more together. Um, but I think we just we, we really just need to love each other more and, yeah. and really not sweat the small stuff. I mean, because if we're sitting there arguing and wasting time, we're never going to get ahead. And so that's a mm-hmm. poor person. That's a poor perspective on life to be jealous of what the next person has. Yeah, you should Agreed. look at it and say, this person has these qualities. I have my qualities over here. When we put them together, we have even more. And so I think it's just a change in viewpoint on perspective. Alonzo, before you get off, do you watch shows like Empire and Scandal? Um, I've wa- I haven't watched Empire. I've watched. I started watching Scandal back when it was season one, but it's gotten really ridiculous. So <laughs> it's just um, comical the uh, strong black woman that they think they're portraying. Mm-hmm. Which I don't see that when I look at Olivia Pope. So, <laughs> I, I so do, do you think? So, as you were talking, I was wondering if, like, when we were having this conversation about media and what we choose to watch and what others choose to watch, are the decisions of what you choose to watch because of where you are in your life, or what makes you choose the media you decide to watch? I mean, I guess I just like to see. Um, things that that uplift me. So, you know, back in the 90s, we had a lot of Cosby, Different World, even, you know, hanging with Mr. Cooper or something. You don't have to, everybody doesn't have to be a doctor, but, you know, it shows people that kind of look like me and situations I can agree with. That's one of the reasons why I watch uh, Blackish. It's not, you know, the the best show or not the best worst show, but it's, it's, it's right there down a regular kind of lane where I'm like, okay, I can see that happening to somebody. You know, it's not ratchet. It's not um, super ghetto or anything like that. And so um, I don't really watch that much uh, besides Netflix and things like that. But, yeah, I guess I, I just um, – if it's talking about a lot of mess and stuff, I'm not usually the one to watch that kind of show. Okay. So, Bo has a response for you, and I think Rodney is going to bring him back on, question mark? <laughs> yes, I am. I'm, go- I'm going to bring Bo back in. I'm going to uh, come back to, uh, I believe, uh, Anthony. Um, I believe Anthony is still on the call with us. So I'm going to go to Bo, and then I'm going to go to Anthony. Uh, and, 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 I, and I will uh, interject and say this. For me... I don't watch a lot of TV for for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, I'm just not home enough to watch TV. Um, But number two, TV has changed so much from when I was a child. And not to Mm -hmm. say that those uh, shows that I watched back then were perfect, because they because they weren't. If you look at the NBA and the NFL, which I love dearly, um, there's always some type of scandal. 
Um, and even if you look at um, the Cosby show, Martin, Fresh Prince, those uh, shows, I still watch now. I've probably seen every episode at least uh, 20 times, and I still watch them. Um, I can't get down with reality TV because, number one, it's just not reality. I know some people who are ratchet to the 10th degree, and they don't act as bad as the people I see on TV. And I agree with you. And I think that is because the people on TV are actors. And and I'm going to say this, and this is not meant to be harmful and offensive to anyone, but I'm going to say, I'm going to make this comparison. Here's what I see. When I when when Ratchet TV is on, because I I have been in places and it has been on and I'm like oh oh God why do you all look at this again? Um, but I won't I won't turn to it on my own. But here, here's a comparison I'll make. Reality TV to me is like homosexuality. If you look at homosexuals, and let's focus on men who are homosexuals. I don't care what they do. I don't care how they talk. They will never sound like a natural woman. I don't care what they do. And so when I I see homosexual men, it's like they they're trying to be a woman, but it's like you're not a woman. So when I look at reality TV, yes, you're trying to portray a certain image, but you're doing a bad job at portraying that image. Amber and Jeremy, I know you probably have something to say, <laughs> but I'm going to bring in Bo real quick. Uh, Bo, go ahead. Hey, how you doing, brother? All right. Welcome back. Um, hey, thank you, thank you. Is Alonzo still on the phone? Uh, he's still on the phone. Uh, I'll bring, I'll bring Alonzo in as soon as you make your question or comment. Oh, okay. I, you know, I just really, I basically wanted to, you know, ask how old he was. You know what I mean? Because I, I'm forty, I'm forty five. I'll be forty six years old, and I've been in this world a long time, brother. You know what I'm saying? And this, this is not something that just started happening. This has been happening. You know, before the police started killing us, we was killing us. You understand what I'm saying? We had more mur- more murders against each other than, than the police ever had, uh, still do, have more murders against, murders against each other than the police do. You know what I mean? So that right there is, you know, in comparison to let you know that there's more black versus black than anything else in this in this world. You know, it's like we can't get along, period. You know what I mean? I mean and not to say that everybody can't get along. You do have some. Some people that can work together, you know what I mean? But the majority, you see what I'm saying? When we, when you talk about a ratio, you always talk about the majority. People don't care about the minority. They care about the majority rule. And the majority rule says that there is more blacks against blacks in, in, the, in, in the world, period. And that's why we can't have anything. That's how come we don't accomplish the things that we need to accomplish. Them black folks pulling together in Baltimore showed you what could happen if you pull together, if you band together. They showed you that change was possible. 
You see, now if we took that 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 mentality in everything that we did, you understand me? If we had 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 those 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 people who were making millions and millions of dollars to get together and open up black malls, black supermarkets, black gas stations, black owned now, and then we spend money within our own communities, our own cultures, we we would we would make the difference. I mean, we would be sitting on top of the world. But how come nobody's Amen. thinking like that? How come nobody but is thinking we, like that? But, but I'm gonna go. Hold on, woman. I'm gonna go get me. I'm gonna go get me a Lamborghini. I'm gonna get me a Benz. I'm gonna go get me a a, a Bugatti. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna make me a video <laughs> and show you this, that, and the other. But you got, you got, you got these black people struggling. You know what I'm saying? Can't even eat. You know what I mean? Every, you know what I mean? Going to the white man store, spending two and three hundred dollars on Jordans that ain't coming back to our community. Our communities are dying. It's not coming back to our communities. You understand what I'm saying? So when I say black versus black, I don't mean, I don't mean, you understand what I'm saying, to say that everyone has a mentality like that. I'm just talking about the majority of the supplement. I'm going to just give you a quick story before I go. You know what I'm saying? I I was in prison. I did 18 years in prison. And I was with a cat that was from from St. Pete. You know what I'm saying? He was in prison. He just had did nine years. Him and one of my homeboys from Miami became real close. Now, you know Miami and St. Peter's are a little distance apart. But these dudes were so close till every time the guy from St. Pete went out on a visiting park, his sister called my homeboy from Miami out with him. That's how close they were. Every night they ate together. Let me tell you what happened. The, 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 my homeboy got out first, and then Todd from St. Pete, he got out. Todd was in there for armed trafficking. When he got out, he called heavy down in Miami and say, hey, bro, uh, I got a little something I need to come down there, da-da-da-da-da. Little did he know, heavy tell him to come down there. When he come down there, heavy heavy get two of them things from him. I'm just going to say it like that. Two of them things from him. Then set him up with the police. Now, this dude just did nine years. Then set him up with the police and keep one for himself. So when he set him up with the police, the police bust the band, take him, to, take him back to jail. Then he go to fed prison. Now he got 45 years in prison, heavy out there over one key of cocaine. You see what I'm saying? But this was the same dude that ate out of my same bowl with me every night for nine years straight. Where Where is the sense in that? You, you understand what I'm saying? And that's just one instance. You know what I'm saying? But there was many. You know what I mean? I just, I just, I just hate to say this, and it, but it's true. You know what I'm saying? They have, we have a mentality that we won't help each other, man. It's kick a man when he's down. If you got rims on your car, I'm trying to rip them off when you close your door at night. If you go on vacation and I see your mailbox running over, I'm going to kick your door in and go steal your flat screen. It don't be the white boy kicking in the door in the black neighborhood. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just calling it like it, I see it. But if we would have love for each other, if you see a man making it, hey, get on with him. Man, teach me what you did to get what you got so I can try to come up. If we had those type of mentality, the world would be a better place. We would not we would not be the minority as as far as financial, but we would be the majority. And Amber, I'm sorry for taking up so much time, and that's all I have to say. <laughs> Y'all have a good night. Uh, real quick, real quick, <laughs> we always appreciate having Bo on the show. Bo, uh, we know you're going to stick around to the end. Uh, but real quick, uh, before we bring Amber and Jeremy back in, uh, it is now 10.50 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, 9.50 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. Uh, so we have about 10 minutes 
uh, left on the call. We're going to try not to go over tonight, but we'll see. Um, if you are listening online at 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, 10 o'clock Central, uh, the show will cut off on you online. However, go ahead and call into the show. The number is 818-691-7406. Again, that's 818-691-7406. You do not have to say anything on the air. Um, if you press the number one, we'll we'll try to get you in, but at this point in the show, uh, we, we probably won't get uh, a chance to pull you in uh, because we do want to go back to all of our callers who, are, who have been hanging in queue uh, before the end of the show. So don't worry. I know a couple of people have mentioned to me uh, over the past couple of weeks that they're afraid to call in because they don't want to talk about anything. We promise we do not pull people into the show unless you want uh, to ask a question or make a comment. But if you are listening online, again, the number is 818-691-7406. We're going to try to get some final thoughts from everyone. Uh, we're going to bring uh, Amber and Jeremy back in for just a second, and then we'll go to um, our callers who are in queue. Uh, we'll bring Tammy back in, and then I'll close out with uh, some final remarks. Go ahead, Amber and Jeremy. Jeremy, I'll go first. Real quick on what Bo said, and I'll be quick. I agree with everything he said as far as blacks in the community, black-on-black crime. But what I will say is that back to the media discussion, we don't see white-on-white crime. You can go to the FBI site right now and get the stats on white crime in America. And it's higher in numbers, not percentage-wise per capita, but it's higher in numbers. You see robberies on white-on-white. You see rape on white-on-white. You see domestic violence on white-on-white. And we keep forgetting that. This happens in every community. So I, I understand it is happening in our community, but we cannot pretend like it's not happening to everyone else. They highlight us in the media like it's only happening to us, but it is. I go to work. Most people I work with are not black. I see more backstabbing in that arena than I've ever seen working in environments that have more African-American um, individuals. And that's just me being honest. And that is what happens when you're around people. People are backstabbing. People are jealous. And people in general, I wish we would stop putting black behind everything and realize that we have great things to offer the community. We had Tulsa. Um, we had uh, Durham. We had all these places that were mainstream areas for black business. But guess what happened to them? When people got too powerful, people came in and messed it up. So I think there is a fear to do those things, but we are trying on that. Even with our organization, Black America 2.0, one of our um, people who are working with us have a website and I invite you to go see it. I'll put it on the web, but it's blacktown, B-L-K-T-O-W-N.com where he's highlighting black businesses. Our goal in November is to do a true blackout of, of buyer, buying power for black. We have a trillion dollar buying power, but people need to know where to put the money. So we are developing and working with people to develop websites where you'll know where to go. It's part of us. We have to lay the groundwork. We cannot put this in no one else's hand. It's not up to anyone else but everyone on this phone who is an individual to do their own work. Um, what's her name? Yana or Ayana or whatever it is. Sorry for that. 
Um, but we have to do our own work. We cannot put this on anyone else, and we have to stop blaming our community. Yes, we have some issues, but now what is what Black America 2.0 is about? We didn't have a decision to come over here. We didn't have a, um, a person who said, hey, black people in America, after slavery and after segregation and after Jim Crow laws, what do you all want to do in this country? Someone told us what we're going to do. Black America 2.0 is saying we're, we're not for that anymore. We're educated. We have the same resources. We have Google. We have free resources. We can go to school and all these things. And it's now time for us to pick our own selves up and do and draft our own narrative. And that is also my final statement. Jeremy, you go next. My final statement is, um, you know, the crazy thing about it, and I think the thing that everyone has to remember is, it seems so much worse, but a lot of this stuff was happening before. And, in fact, violent crime has actually gone down. A lot of people think that this is, like, one of the most violent times on earth. Um, a popular show, Freakonomics, pointed out that the most violent generation is actually – I think they're like baby boomers, and they say they were the people who grew up not having TV, and then they got TV, and they went on to be like the 80s was the generation with the absolute most crime in America, and we've been on a steady decline since that. I think the thing is now we have smartphones, and everything is always on, so things always seem worse. So I think we have to put that in perspective and realize at the end of the day, people are so desensitized, so the news is trying to always capture our, our attention. It's fleeting. We see over 1,500 different images a week, and so every day there's something new coming out, so they're thinking they have to do something new to grab our attention. The other thing is, I think we have to remember, the news is written on a fourth grade level. It's written for everyone to comprehend, and so when it's written on such a basic level, why are we shocked that they're going to go for the lowest common denominator? And once again, we have to think about how they're thinking. My final thought is always I feel the answer is we have to look at the system, the capitalist system. We have to start using our dollars to say this is what we want to come about. These are the things that we want to happen. Like the gentleman said earlier, think about if we really wanted to have change within like probably five or six years, if most black people just spend all their money on, on black products, you would have a lot of millionaires and a lot of trickle down that would occur in such a fast pace. And it would solve a lot of the issues that we have because there would be people who could say, like, as a black entrepreneur, I'm not going to care that someone went to jail as long as they're a hard worker and they're smart and they seem honest. At this point, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be willing to give them a chance because I can understand their perspective. I think the issue now is we just the people who have the money, for the most part, they don't see things from our perspective. They don't give us the benefit of the doubt. And so we need to do more things to get in those positions so that we can give people who look like us the benefit of the doubt. And that's how we'll, we'll solve a lot of these issues. And this has been great. I hope I get invited back. And, um, yeah, this is just a wonderful thing. I'm glad we can all come together and talk about topics like this. Uh, real quick, uh, Amber and Jeremy, I'm going to read something from the chat room, and then I want you to give out your information one more time for us. Uh, coming from the chat room, our, our listener who has been in the chat room uh, posting the entire time, it says, I love, that it ha I love that you have mentioned that our salt has turned to sugar. But you know why we water down the message. It is because we are concerned about being sued because of what they say on TV. Um, and they also 
Michael said that this is such a good show and an important dialogue. Please keep this up. Um, Amber and Jeremy, real quick, before Tammy comes back in, uh, please give out your contact information, everything you're doing with Black America 2.0, the upcoming shows, and any other events that you two have going on. I'll just quickly send you to both of our websites. They have everything you need up there. Um, Black America's website is blackamerica2.com, blackamerica2.com. Jeremy Johnson, uh, owner of John Rich Media, his website is johnrichmedia.com. If you go on the Black America website, there's a place to sign up for next month. We are talking about employment and minorities in the workplace. Samaria Allen, who's on the call, will be a part of that discussion as well um, and diversity in the workplace. Thank you so much. Hold on just a second. Uh, Tammy, uh, your final words. Hey, Rodney, um, I'm okay. I was just going to announce something, but I can do that next Monday. Great show, you guys. Um, Love it. Let's, Let's just come together and do what we need to do and hold ourselves accountable. When we stop blaming people responsibility, that means you'll do something and you're no longer waiting for someone else to do something for you, especially this system, because it is not, it, it's not a mistake. It was built to tear you down. But you can only be torn down if you allow people to do it. Um, that's just how I feel. Make your way. I'm going to share a few quotes with you guys before we log off. And the first one comes from my mother. I've been hearing a lot from our friends, from my family, from colleagues about blacks being uh, exploited one way, blacks being presented in one way through the media, yet whites do the same things and Um, different stories are being put out about them or nothing is uh, being put out at all. And here's what my mother used to always say. And just to let you all know, I used to get in a lot of trouble as a kid. And every time I would get in trouble, I would always say to my mom when she confronted me, But they did, but he said, and my mother would stop me and say, I don't care about what they are doing. I only care about what you are doing. I get that white people might be doing the same things and receiving less harsh, harsher consequences. But the reality is, just like my mom used to say to me, you are doing it, and that's my problem. Just a few quotes before we end. One of them says, our minds influence the key activity of the brain, which then influences everything. Perception, cognition, thoughts, and feelings Personal relationships, they're all a projection of you. The difference between average people 
and achieving people is their perception of and response to failure. And the last one, it says, beauty is about perception, not about makeup. I think the beginning of all beauty is knowing and liking oneself. You can't put on makeup or dress yourself or do your hair with any sort of fun or joy if you're doing it from a position of correction. Once again, this has been Rodney and Tammy on the Butterfly Evolution Show. We hope that you have a blessed week. We'll see you next Monday, same time, same place. Good night, everybody. Oh,
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes Only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 